Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Now, in this week's episode, I sit down with Bryce Harrison to talk about the question of self-denial and what's sort of a, a bit of a crisis of self-understanding in the modern age. You hear a lot of stuff about you are enough, be yourself, you discovering your authentic self and living out your truth and those sorts of things. And those those types of things run at odds with Jesus's teaching about how we are to regard ourselves. Bryce and I sit and consider and try and consider honestly, what are the merits of the position of pursuing the authentic self, but how does it ultimately conflict? with Jesus' teaching. Give it a listen. All right, Bryce. Greetings, sir. What's up? Glad to have you on the podcast again. Glad to be able to talk about this topic with you. Let me, before we get going, let me ask you a quick question. What was your favorite thing about this past Thursday? Mm, this past Thursday, um, so we went down. Getting, to, getting to spend the day with me. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Was the getting to spend the day with you? Um, no, we got to go down to the South Carolina Baptist uh, Impact Conference. Got to hang out with my dad for the day, as that was well fantastic. as hang out with you for the day. No, um, but it's always just uh, really cool to see other churches that are. Um, pulling in the same direction, um, some that are like-minded, some that, you know, maybe aren't as closely aligned with us as others are, but um, just to kind of see the camaraderie that comes from denominational affiliation is always is always a treat. Yeah, I always enjoy getting to go to those events and just get to hear and get to see guys from other parts of the state and get to catch up and hear about what the Lord's doing, how things are going at their church. Yeah, a lot of fun. And of course, it was great to be able to spend time with you, man. Yeah. Enjoying that hour and a half ride together down to Columbia. That's about the only thing to enjoy about the ride down to Columbia. Man, I feel like you're baiting me to talk about the Gamecocks, but I'm not going to go there. No, no, it's just that, <laughs> that stretch, that stretch oh, yeah, of yeah, interstate yeah. Yeah, down yeah, yeah. past Newberry and nothingness. That's true. That's a good point. Um, so we are recording in one of the Sunday school classrooms at Resurrection Church. It's a, a lovely bright green to my right. Bryce's left. I was in this room teaching little children last week, so this is my home turf. I love it. So uh, we're, we're going to be uh, discussing um, what we talked about in the sermon this past Sunday, which is the topic of self-denial, um, and, and in particular, kind of the unique way that this topic, um, I guess you could say kind of it kind of has a unique resonance in our day and age and our kind of cultural moment. Um, so we want to talk around that. So, you know, it's not uncommon, and, and I mentioned this in the sermon, it's not uncommon for us to hear things and read things on Instagram that are like, you do you, your life's work is to be yourself, that you are enough, you need to learn how to believe that you're enough, you need to quit striving, you need to rest in who you are, and even couched in Christian language, you know, rest in who God has made you to be, uh, be God. God wants the the best version of you that that he he can get that sort of thing. Um, have you have you seen that kind of idea? Those kind of ideas manifest themselves. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I think if you look around you, if you look at current media, whether whether secular or even a lot of popular Christian media <laughs> sources today, I think you you find this weird um, this weird mixture of of kind of like self-affirmation, uh, be true to yourself, like re- find something something deep within then you can hold on to. But then you also find uh, like 
something that realizes that's not quite enough and kind of like tries to push push in like an altruistic direction from there um, and tries to call you to something bigger, but then at the same time doesn't exactly know how to do that and always seems to kind of keep looping back around to some type of self-fulfillment. Hey, unpack that a little bit more. What, what do you mean by the, it pushes you, um, the be yourself, you do you, you are enough, tries to push you into an altruistic sort of endeavor but it doesn't work like yeah so so i think we we recognize that like we we can't be an end in ourselves. so there's uh so i've been uh, elizabeth and i've been recently watching episodes of uh the show the good place it's on nbc um basically uh, uh some humans die they go to the afterlife and um the whole show is kind of sorting around like should they be in the good place should they be in the bad place what is the good place what's the bad place and what actually gets you there um and there's times when it's like hey you just you have to be true to yourself but then they're like no that's that's not quite enough it's actually like how how much good you kind of rack up and how did you help the environment were you kind to other people uh, and then it's like, but you could, you can't just be kind to other people because it's the right thing to do. That's the wrong motivation. You actually need to do it because, because that's where you find fulfillment and real satisfaction comes from helping others and and being good and selfless. It's like, oh, but then you can't really, you can't do it. That can't be the motivation because then you're really just after like the reward, reward in the end. And it's just interesting to see this like constantly wrestling with. Uh, different motives, wanting to wanting to have some type of like self at the center of everything, but then realizing it it never quite satisfies, and they're having to kind of cherry pick some some different ideas from different um, ethical ways of like ways of thinking. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, we we are it is such kind of a unique time in that uh, you, you, there's a lot made of the kind of um, our moral frameworks and sort of the, what were what gen previous generations would have kind of agreed as a as a common approach to the good life or a common way of of being a good person those things have all kind of receded and and been stripped away and uh, the result is is the only kind of good that's left is for us to figure out who we are truly internally and then kind of let that flower and let that manifest itself but even even that has its problems because it's like you know, and we'll get into this in a moment. What if, what if, you being you, is really harmful to a lot of people? You know, that's 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 difficult. And so, there does have to be some kind of external moral matrix, you know, by which you know the authentic self is is discerned and encouraged to be yeah. expressed. For for it to work well, we would have to live in some type of utopia where everybody's truest form of themselves was uh, equally and and 100% compatible and harmonious with everybody else's truest version of the, of themselves and and every type of kind of utopian picture of what uh, good looks like never really works out in reality yeah that's good so before before we begin pursuing that further when we talk about you doing you and you are enough and be yourself is there any truth that can actually be affirmed by Christians in that sort of thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think we would we would affirm the value of of being genuine. We would value yeah. we would value honesty. Um, we we like um, kind of mainstream culture would say it's harmful for you to live your life looking at people around you and just trying to be someone else, trying yep. to kind of put on a put on a face, put on an image, 
you know, play the masquerade game where you try to pretend to be something you're not. Uh, we might argue that for different reasons, but we would say that there's something good about self-differentiation that knows uh, this is who I am, this is where I've come from, this is kind of what makes me me, and it's okay for me to to lean into that and to follow Jesus specifically in the way and the area that, that he's put me in and with the history that I've, I have. Yeah, that's really good. Um, it, it recognizes that there is something inherently positive about being made in God's image, about being human. There is dignity and value uh, to, to every person. And as a result, there is in some respects, dignity and value to every person's experience. Um, so this you do you, you're enough, be yourself sort of thing. I, I think kind of, is kind of birthed out of out of that idea, the belief in that that all people are created in God's image and are therefore valuable, and every experience is is valid. Though um, there's obviously a lot that can be said about that. Um, I also think I, I was I was actually really helped. I was reading uh, the Weight of Glory, the essay from C.S. Lewis. Have you read that recently? Has it been a while? It's been a little bit. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting in that was he talked about. When Jesus, um, in passages like Matthew 18 and Matthew 19, talks about letting the little children come to me and saying that you must be like children to come to me, one of the things that Lewis drew out from that is that there's a kind of purity in uh, children wanting to be delighted in hmm. um, by their parents. And so you think about, I mean, Coleman draws a picture of a Lamar Jackson and brings it to you, and he does so because he wants to be rewarded not but not like given five dollars but like yeah something infinitely greater receive some type of of praise admiration good good feelings yeah and it comes from it's like uh, he comes to you and he wants to be he wants that to be seen he wants to be noticed he wants to be delighted in by you and we would say that that is a that is a good thing yeah it would be wrong if coleman didn't have that desire to be delighted in by his father yeah and so like every person c.s lewis kind of makes this point Every person then kind of has this default wiring to want to be known and loved, to be delighted in. Um, and he, he kind of gets, gets it the, the improper ways that we pursue it. But, but actually, if it's done in a way that, you know, we, like a child going to their father, we go to our Heavenly Father, we're known and loved by our Heavenly Father, there, there's a, that's good and that's proper and that's a, that's a proper pursuit. It made me think of... Um, Jesus's words in uh, the Sermon on the Mount when he, he criticizes the Pharisees for being, you know, doing the righteous deeds in the street corner. And he says, no, you do your righteous deeds in secret and you will be rewarded by your father who is in heaven, not with five dollars, but with delight. Yeah. Um, and so I think that this truth, this desire to want to be known and loved, I think is I think it's good. And I think it's fundamental to how God made us as as creatures in his image. Why, why is this ultimately insu- insufficient though? And why is it really unhelpful for us to sort of parade out and use this language? You do you, you're enough, be yourself. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a couple reasons. Um, I, I can list a couple out that come to mind initially, and then we can kind of talk around each of those. But the, the first for me is uh, that is fundamentally insufficient because of Genesis 3. Um, like yep, we, right. the fall is a is a real thing, so we're flawed. So you you're not enough if you just lean into to you being you. Uh, well, you is 
is fundamentally broken um, because of the fall. There's there's brokenness. It doesn't, you, regardless of your background, regardless of your, you know, where you come from, regardless of those outside influences, regardless of where you fall in the whole nature, nurture conversation, uh, like what's wrong with you comes from inside. And mm. so if you batten down the hatches and retreat into the, you know, innermost uh, sanctum of your walls, uh, the, the enemy is still there That's inside good. because it's coming from inside of yourself. So there's, there's no way to retreat away from outside influences and, and only be you because you're, you're broken. Like Matthew 15. Yeah. What Jesus teaches there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so I think we have, so, so I think one, like we're fundamentally flawed, flawed Two, I think it's, uh, insufficient because that's not where the gospel stops. The gospel doesn't stop mm. at you being you. Uh, the gospel is about transformation into Christ likeness. Uh, this is what Paul says in, in Romans eight, that those whom God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. Yeah. So that's the direction of the, of the gospel, taking you from where you are you being you, and then being made and conformed into the image of Christ. Um, and then kind of along those same veins, I think it's it's not enough to to be yourself because the Christian life is corporate. The Christian life mm. is is uh, through and through a, a corporate uh, endeavor. Uh, we we aren't enough because we need one another. There's, there's tons of one another in commands throughout all of Scripture, and you can't one another— on your own. Um, so in order for you to even be the you that God intends you to be, there has to be one another's alongside of you in order to, to be that with. So it, it's, uh, it's too individualistic yeah. uh, of a, of an approach in a, to, as a, as a paradigm for the Christian life when the Christian life has to be and is corporate in has always been. Yeah, that's, that, that's all. All three of those are really helpful. Yeah, so Matthew 15, that's the uh, the passage where Jesus teaches the Pharisees that it doesn't matter. The, the externals aren't the thing that determines your cleanliness or yeah. your purity. It's your heart. He, he says it's not the things that go into your mouth. It's the thing that the things that come out of your mouth that uh, make you impure. That's yeah. the, the problem is the heart. So yeah. that, like you said, you know, we, we retreat, we batten down the hatches. The enemy is still with us because the enemy is inside of us. Um, I think kind of going back to the idea of wanting to be known and loved, I mean, you think about um, the the immediate impact of Adam and Eve's rebellion is that the God that they formerly walked with in the cool of the garden, you know, what's the result of, of their fall? Is there, they hide from them. Yeah. And they say, we're afraid of you. Yeah. And I mean, you see, you see broken relationship with, with God, you see broken relationship with each other, and you also see like broken relationship even with themselves as well. Like the immediate result is that, that feeling of shame um, because there's something fundamentally wrong with them. There's something now to be ashamed about. Mm. So then what's the, what, what is the answer? What is the, where do we go from here? Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, there's passages, there's kind of passages that run counter to that UBU mantra that we hear frequently that, that talk about self-denial, that talk about denying yourself, that talk about um, taking up your cross, um, kind of bearing one another's burdens, um, something that, uh, you know, kind of the, the dying to self language the, and, and finding life there, that in, in dying, 
to ourself, we we find life in Christ. Um, and I think this is this is modeled for us by Jesus. This is what Paul's getting at in Philippians two when he encourages us to have the the mind that was in Christ Jesus, that he um, took on the form of of a servant, was humbled and, and obedient even to the point of death. Um, that's that's kind of that model of what what self denial looks like, uh, embracing death in order to find life. Mm. Yeah, and uh, and it's interesting when you talk about self denial. So there's there's one, and I'm glad that you mentioned this. There's there's one way we could talk about approaching this in a way that makes it sound like, in order for me to follow Jesus, I have to give up desire or any kind of regard for any any kind of personal fulfillment. Is that what Jesus is calling us to when He calls us to to self denial? No, I mean I think I think we so we have we have probably when you I guess when I first think of self denial I kind of have historical images that pop into my head like. Uh, the um, there was a group called the the flagellants in the Middle Ages that used to travel from city to city, set up in the town square, and they would they would scourge themselves and they would kind of scourge each other and and burn their hands and and whip each other, uh, whip themselves on the back, and that was kind of a, a some type of like purging of sin, a demonstration of like purging of sin and being being made holy by. Uh, cutting off any any type of pleasure, anything that was gratifying to the flesh, and and that was supposed to produce holiness. Uh, and the only thing it actually ended up producing was the spread of the bubon- bubonic plague, as they went from town to town, bleeding all over the place and <laughs> spreading diseases. Um, so that that's not what we're looking at. We're not looking for uh, kind of pain and denial as an end in itself for for pain and denial's sake. Um, what we're because that. That's the opposite error of the Pharisees. Yeah, or, or it's the it, it's in the, it's the same breed of error that the Pharisees are making. It misunderstands that the problem is yeah that the problem is your heart um, yeah. and thinks that the problem is uh, the whatever per- participation with with pleasures with with eating and drinking um, and and that's not that's not the case. What but what I think what Jesus is getting at is recognizing that. Uh, that there is something better out there. That all of those, that all of those things, all of those, uh, all of those pleasures, all of those trials, all of those challenges, all of those joys and happinesses, all of them are. Uh, and we've talked about this before. Uh, there are occasions for obedience. Um, there are ways that we can either uh, honor Christ and and find life, or there are ways that we can can twist and dis- uh, distort for kind of our own end. And when when enjoyed properly, when enjoyed in with with the right level of priority, they bring life and they kind of produce a love for God and a love for one another. And when twisted for our own desires and our own purposes, they promote death and selfishness and mm. and um, ultimately leave us un, unsatisfied. So there's a real a weird mystery there that uh, when we look to them for satisfaction, they don't satisfy. And then when we look to Christ for satisfaction, those things bring bring even more pleasure than they would have the other way around. Yeah, that's good. Well, I love that Jesus says, um, uh, if you would deny, if you would die to yourself, you would find life. Yeah. Like the path to finding life and the path, you know, broadly speaking to self-fulfillment is through self-denial. It's sort of a paradoxical idea, but I think Jesus, I think when he teaches on uh, self-denial, in some respects, it's it's not we're rejecting pleasures and we're rejecting fulfillment. It's rather delayed gratification. It's it's seeing that 
we're being offered a feast at sea when we're trying to make mud pies with these other things to use another Lewis example. And and I think we're also like the the trials that we're going through, the ways that we're denying self are those things that are right in front of us. We're yeah. not out there kind of hunting for for misery. We're we're owning what's in front of us and and owning it well. That's really good. Yeah. So kids, spouse, schoolwork, uh, whatever it might be, the things that are directly in front of us, the things that you're thinking about right now that you're trying not to think about as you listen to this, yeah. those are the places where you can go deny yourself to follow Christ. Yeah, bear bear your cross today. Don't bear tomorrow's cross and don't bear an imaginary cross. Bear the one that's staring you in the face. Man, that's really good. Cool, there's a lot more we could talk about here. There's tons of pastoral and discipleship implications and uh, would encourage you to think on this and, and to really think about what is that thing directly in front of you that Jesus is calling you to bear up under as a cross, as an opportunity for self-denial, not so that you can suffer, not that self-denial is an end in itself, but so that you can find life and only the life that Christ offers. And I think the end is what uh, Peter shares in in 1 Peter 4, that when we share with Christ in suffering and share with Christ in his burial, then we also share with him in his resurrection and his glory. And that's the end, is is sharing in Christ's glory. Mm, I love it. Man, Bryce, this is so good. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk to you soon.